Section 10 of Famous Adventures and Prison Escapes of the Civil War by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 10 Colonel Rose's Tunnel at Libby Prison by Frank E. Moran. Part 1. Among all the thrilling incidents in the history of Libby Prison, none exceeds in interest the celebrated tunnel escape which occurred on the night of February 9, 1864. I was one of the 109 Union officers who passed through the tunnel, and one of the ill-fated 48 that were retaken. I and two companions, Lieutenant Charles H. Morgan of the 21st Wisconsin Regiment, who has since served several terms in Congress from Missouri, and Lieutenant William L. Watson of the same company and regiment, when recaptured by the Confederate cavalry, were in sight of the Union picket post strange as it may appear no accurate and complete account has ever been given to the public of this the most ingenious and daring escape made on either side during the civil war twelve of the party of fifteen who dug the tunnel are still living including their leader thomas e rose a colonel of the seventy seventh pennsylvania volunteers the engineer and leader in the plot throughout now a captain in the sixteenth united states infantry was taken prisoner at the battle of chickamauga september twenty eighteen sixty three on his way to richmond he escaped from his guards at weldon north carolina but after a day's wandering about the pine forest with a broken foot was retaken by a detachment of confederate cavalry and sent to libby prison richmond where he arrived october one eighteen sixty three libby prison fronts on Cary street richmond and stands upon a hill which descends abruptly to the canal from which its southern wall is divided only by a street and having a vacant lot on the east the building was wholly detached making it a comparatively easy matter to guard the prison securely with a small force and keep every door and window in full view from without as an additional measure of safety prisoners were not allowed on the ground floor except that in the daytime they were permitted to use the first floor of the middle section for a cook-room the interior embraced nine large warehouse rooms a hundred and five by forty-five with eight feet from each floor to ceiling except the upper floor which gave more room owing to the pitch of the gable roof the abrupt slant of the hill gives the building an additional story on the south side the whole building really embraces three sections and these were originally separated by heavy blank walls the confederates cut doors through the walls of the two upper floors which comprised the prisoners quarters and they were thus permitted to mingle freely with each other but there was no communication whatever between the three large rooms on the first floor beneath these floors were three cellars of the same dimensions as the rooms above them and like them divided from each other by massive blank walls for ready comprehension let these be designated the east middle and west cellars except in the lofts known as straits room and milroy's room which were occupied by the earliest inmates of libby in eighteen sixty three there was no furniture in the building and only a few of the early comers possessed such a luxury as an old army blanket or a knife cup and tin plate 
as a rule the prisoner by the time he reached libby found himself devoid of earthly goods save the meagre and dust-begrimed summer garb in which he had made his unlucky campaign at night the six large lofts presented strange war pictures over which a single tallow candle wept copious and greasy tears that ran down over the petrified loaf of cornbread borden's condensed milk can or bottle in which it was set the candle flickered on until taps when the guards with unconscious irony shouted lights out at which signal it usually disappeared amid a shower of boots and such other missiles as were at hand the sleepers covered the six floors lying in ranks head to head and foot to foot like prostrate lines of battle for the general good and to preserve something like military precision these ranks especially when cold weather compelled them to lie close for better warmth were subdivided into convenient squads under the charge of a captain who was invested with authority to see that every man lay spoon fashion no consideration of personal convenience was permitted to interfere with the general comfort of the squad thus when the hard floor could no longer be endured on the right side especially by the thin men the captain gave the command attention squad number four prepare to spoon one two spoon and the whole squad flopped over on the left side the first floor on the west of the building was used by the confederates as an office and for sleeping quarters for the prison officials and a stairway guarded by sentinels led from this to milroy's room just above it as before explained the middle room was shut off from the office by a heavy blank wall this room known as the kitchen had two stoves in it one of which stood about ten feet from the heavy door that opened on carey street sidewalk and behind the door was a fireplace the room contained also several long pine tables with permanent seats attached such as may be commonly seen at picnic grounds the floor was constantly inundated here by several defective and overworked water faucets and a leaky trough a stairway without banisters led up on the southwest end of the floor above which was a room known as the chickamauga room being chiefly occupied by chickamauga prisoners the sentinel who had formerly been placed at this stairway at night to prevent the prisoners from entering the kitchen had been withdrawn when in the fall of eighteen sixty three the horrible condition of the floor made it untenable for sleeping purposes the uses to which the large ground-floor room east of the kitchen was put varied during the first two years of the war but early in october of eighteen sixty three and thereafter it was permanently used and known as the hospital and it contained a large number of cots which were never unoccupied an apartment had been made at the north or front of the room which served as a doctor's office and laboratory like those adjoining it on the west this room had a large door opening on carey street which was heavily bolted and guarded on the outside the arrival of the chickamauga prisoners greatly crowded the upper floors and compelled the confederates to board up a small portion of the east cellar at its southeast corner as an additional cook-room and several large cauldrons having been set in a rudely built furnace so for a short period the prisoners were allowed down there in the daytime to cook 
a stairway led from this cellar to the room above which subsequently became the hospital such in brief was the condition of things when colonel rose arrived at the prison from the hour of his coming a means of escape became his constant and eager study and with this purpose in view he made a careful and minute survey of the entire premises from the windows of the upper east or gettysburg room he could look across the vacant lot on the east and get a glimpse of the yard between two adjacent buildings which faced the canal and the carry street respectively and he estimated the intervening space at about seventy feet from the south windows he looked out across a street upon the canal and james river running parallel with each other the two streams at this point being separated by a low and narrow strip of land this strip periodically disappeared when protracted seasons of heavy rain came or when spring floods so rapidly swelled the river that the latter invaded the cellars of libby at such times it was common to see enormous swarms of rats come out from the lower doors and windows of the prison and make head for dry land in swimming platoons amid the cheers of the prisoners in the upper windows on one or two occasions rose observed workmen descending from the middle of the south side street into a sewer running through its centre and concluded that this sewer must have various openings to the canal both to the east and west of the prison the north portion of the cellar contained a large quantity of loose packing straw covering the floor to an average depth of two feet and this straw afforded shelter especially at night for a large colony of rats which gave the place the name of rat hell in one afternoon's inspection of this dark end rose suddenly encountered a fellow prisoner major a g hamilton of the twelfth kentucky cavalry a confiding friendship followed and the two men entered at once upon the plan of gaining their liberty they agreed that the most feasible scheme was a tunnel to begin in the rear of the little kitchen apartment in the southeast corner of rat hell without more ado they secured a broken shovel and two case knives and began operations within a few days the confederates decided upon certain changes in the prison for the greater security of their captives a week afterward the cook-room was abandoned the stairway nailed up the prisoners sent to the upper floors and all communication with the east cellar was cut off this was a sore misfortune for this apartment was the only possible base of successful tunnel operations colonel rose now began to study other practicable means of escape and spent night after night examining the posts and watching the movements of the sentinels on the four sides of libby one very dark night during a howling storm rose again unexpectedly met hamilton in a place where no prisoner could reasonably be looked for at such an hour for an instant the impenetrable darkness made it impossible for either to determine whether he had met a friend or foe neither had a weapon yet each involuntarily felt for one and each made ready to spring at the other's throat when a flash of lightning revealed their identity 
the two men had availed themselves of the darkness of the night and the roar of the storm to attempt an escape from a window of the upper west room to a platform that ran along the west outer wall of the prison from which they hoped to reach the ground and elude the sentinels whom they conjectured would be crouched in the shelter of some doorway or other partial refuge that might be available but so vivid and frequent were the lightning flashes that the attempt was seen to be extremely hazardous rose now spoke of the entrance from the south side street to the middle cellar having frequently noticed the entrance and exit of workmen at that point and expressed his belief that if an entrance could be effected to this cellar it would afford them the only chance of slipping past the sentinels he hunted up a bit of pine wood which he whittled into a sort of wedge and the two men went down into the dark vacant kitchen directly over this cellar with the wedge rose pried a floorboard out of its place and made an opening large enough to let himself through he had never been in this middle cellar and was wholly ignorant of its contents or whether it was occupied by confederates or workmen but as he made no noise and the place was in profound darkness he decided to go down and reconnoitre he wrenched off one of the long boards that formed a table seat in the kitchen and found that it was long enough to touch the cellar base and protrude a foot or so above the kitchen floor by this means he easily descended leaving hamilton to keep watch above the storm still raged fiercely and the faint beams of a street lamp revealed the muffled form of the sentinel slowly pacing his beat and carrying his musket at secure arms creeping softly toward him along the cellar wall he now saw that what he had supposed was a door was simply a naked opening to the street and further inspection disclosed the fact that there was but one sentinel on the south side of the prison standing in the dark shadow he could easily have touched this man with his hand as he repeatedly passed him groping about he found various appurtenances indicating that the south end of this cellar was used for a carpenter's shop and that the north end was partitioned off into a series of small cells with padlocked doors and that through each door a square hole a foot in diameter was cut subsequently it was learned that these dismal cages were alternately used for the confinement of troublesome prisoners i e those who had distinguished themselves by ingenious attempts to escape and also for runaway slaves and union spies under sentence of death at the date of rose's first reconnaissance to this cellar these cells were vacant and unguarded the night was far spent and rose proceeded to return to the kitchen where hamilton was patiently waiting for him the very next day a rare good fortune befell rose by an agreement between the commissioners of exchange several bales of clothing and blankets had been sent by our government to the famishing union prisoners on belle isle a number of whom had already frozen to death a committee of union officers then confined in libby consisting of general neil dow colonel alexander von schrader lieutenant colonel joseph e boyd and 
colonel harry white having been selected by the confederates to supervise the distribution of the donation colonel white had by a shrewd bit of finesse confiscated a fine rope by which one of the bales was tied and this he now presented to colonel rose it was nearly a hundred feet long an inch thick and almost new it was hardly dark the following night before rose and hamilton were again in the kitchen and as soon as all was quiet rose fastened his rope to one of the supporting posts took up the floor plank as before and both men descended to the middle cellar they were not a little disappointed to discover that where there had been but one sentinel on the south side there were now two on this and for several nights they contented themselves with sly visits of observation to this cellar during which rose found and secreted various tools among which were a broad axe a saw two chisels several files and a carpenter's square one dark night both men went down and determined to try their luck at passing the guards rose made the attempt and succeeded in passing the first man but unluckily was seen by the second the latter called lustily for the corporal of the guard, and the first excitedly cocked his gun and peered into the dark door, through which Rose swiftly retreated. The guard called, Who goes there? but did not enter the dark cellar. Rose and Hamilton mounted the rope, and had just succeeded in replacing the plank when the corporal and a file of men entered the cellar with a lantern. They looked into every barrel and under every bench, but no sign of Yankees appeared and as on this night it happened that several workmen were sleeping in an apartment at the north end the corporal concluded that the man seen by the sentinel was one of these notwithstanding their denial when awakened and questioned after a long parley the confederates withdrew and hamilton and rose depressed in spirits went to bed rose as usual concealing his rope before the week was out they were at it again on one of these nights rose suddenly came upon one of the workmen and swift as thought seized the hidden broad-axe with the intention of braining him if he attempted an alarm but the poor fellow was too much paralyzed to cry out and when finally he did recover his voice and his wits it was to beg rose for god's sake not to come in there again at night Evidently the man never mentioned the circumstance, for Rose's subsequent visits, which were soon resumed, disclosed no evidence of a discovery by the Confederates. Hamilton agreed with Rose that there remained apparently but one means of escape, and that was by force. To overpower the two sentinels on the south side would have been an easy matter, but how to do it, and not alarm the rest of the guard, and in consequence the whole city, was the problem. To secure these sentinels, without alarming their comrades on the east, west, and north sides of the prison, would require the swift action of several men of nerve acting in consort. Precious time was passing, and possibly further alterations might be decided upon that would shut them off from the middle cellar, as they had already been from their original base of operation. 
moreover a new cause of anxiety now appeared it soon transpired that their nocturnal prowlings and close conferences together had already aroused the belief among many observant prisoners that a plan of escape was afoot and both men were soon eagerly plied with guarded inquiries and besought by their questioners to admit them to their confidence hamilton and rose now decided to organize an escaping party a number of men were then sworn to secrecy and obedience by colonel rose who was the only recognized leader in all operations that followed this party soon numbered seventy men the band was then taken down by rose in convenient details to the middle cellar or carpenter's shop on many nights to familiarize each man with the place and with his special part in the plot and also to take advantage of any favoring circumstances that might arise when all had by frequent visits become familiar with the rendezvous rose and the whole party descended one night with the determination to escape at whatever hazard the men were assigned to their several stations as usual and a selected few were placed by the leader close to the entrance in front of which the sentinel was regularly passing rose commanded strict silence and placed himself near the exit preparatory to giving the signal it was an exciting moment and the bravest heart beat fast a signal came but not the one they looked for at the very moment of action the man whom rose had left at the floor opening in the kitchen gave the danger signal the alert leader had with consummate care told every man beforehand that he must never be surprised by this signal it was a thing to be counted upon and that noise and panic were of all things to be avoided as fatal folly in their operations as a consequence when this signal came rose quietly directed the men to fall in line and reascend to the kitchen rapidly but without noise which they did by the long rope which now formed the easy means of communication from the kitchen to the cellar rose remained below to cover the retreat and when the last man got up he followed him replaced the board in the floor and concealed the rope he had barely done so when a detail of confederate guards entered the kitchen from the carey street door and headed by an officer marched straight in his direction meantime the party had disappeared up the stairway and swiftly made their way over their prostrate comrades forms to their proper resting places rose being the last up and having the floor to fix had now no time to disappear like his companions at least without suspicious haste he accordingly took a seat at one of the tables and putting an old pipe in his mouth coolly awaited the approach of the confederates the officer of the guard came along swinging his lantern almost in his face stared at him for a second and without a remark or a halt marched past him and ascended with his escort to the chickamauga room the entrance of a guard and their march around the prison although afterward common enough after taps was then an unusual thing causing much talk among the prisoners and to the mind of rose and his fellow plotters was indicative of aroused suspicion on the part of the confederates 
the whispering groups of the men next day and the number of his eager questioners gave the leader considerable concern and hamilton suggested as a measure of safety rather than choice that some of the mischievous talk of escape would be suppressed by increasing the party this was acted upon the men like the rest were put under oath by rose and the party was thus increased to four hundred and twenty this force would have been enough to overpower the prison guard in a few minutes but the swift alarm certain to ensue in the streets and spread like wildfire over richmond the meagre information possessed by the prisoners as to the strength and position of the nearest federal troops the strongly guarded labyrinth of breastworks that encircled the city and the easy facilities for instant pursuit at the command of the confederates put the success of such an undertaking clearly out of the range of probability unless indeed some unusual favoring contingency should arise such as the near approach of a cooperating column of federal cavalry nor was this an idle dream as the country now knows for even at this period general kilpatrick was maturing his plans for that bold expedition for the rescue of the prisoners at richmond and belle isle in which the lamented and heroic young cripple colonel ulrich dahlgren lost his life rose saw that a break out of libby without such outside assistance promised nothing but a fruitless sacrifice of life and the savage punishment of the survivors hence the project although eagerly and exhaustively discussed was prudently abandoned all talk of escape by the general crowd now wholly ceased and the captives resigned themselves to their fate and awaited with depressed spirits for the remote contingency of an exchange the quiet thus gained was rose's opportunity he sought hamilton and told him that they must by some stratagem regain access to rat hell and that the tunnel project must be at once revived the latter assented to the proposition and the two began earnestly to study the means of gaining an entrance without discovery into this coveted base of operations they could not even get into the room above the cellar they wanted to reach for that was the hospital and the kitchen's heavy wall shut them off therefrom neither could they break the heavy wall that divided this cellar from the carpenter's shop which had been the nightly rendezvous of the party while the breakout was under consideration for the breach certainly would be discovered by the workmen or confederates some of whom were in there constantly during daylight there was in fact but one plan by which rat hell could be reached without detection and the conception of this device and its successful execution were due to the stout-hearted hamilton this was to cut a hole in the back of the kitchen fireplace the incision must be just far enough to preserve the opposite or hospital side intact it must then be cut downward to a point below the level of the hospital floor then eastward into rat hell the completed opening thus to describe the letter s it must be wide enough to let a man through yet the wall must not be broken on the hospital side above the floor nor marred on the carpenter's shop side below it such a break would be fatal for both of these points were conspicuously exposed to the view of the confederate every hour in the day 
moreover it was imperatively necessary that all trace of the beginning of the opening should be concealed not only from the confederate officials and guards who were constantly passing the spot every day but from the hundreds of uninitiated prisoners who crowded around the stove just in front of it from dawn till dark work would be possible only between the hours of ten at night when the room was generally abandoned by the prisoners because of its inundated condition and four o'clock in the morning when the earliest risers were again astir it was necessary to do the work with an old jackknife and one of the chisels previously secured by rose it must be done in darkness and without noise for a vigilant sentinel paced on the carey street sidewalk just outside the door and within ten feet of the fireplace a rubber blanket was procured and the soot from the chimney carefully swept into it hamilton with his old knife cut the mortar between the bricks and pried a dozen of them out being careful to preserve them whole the rest of the incision was made in accordance with the design described, but no conception could have been formed beforehand of the sickening tediousness of cutting an S-shaped hole through a heavy wall with a feeble old jackknife in stolen hours of darkness. Rose guarded his comrade against the constant danger of interruption by alert enemies on one side and by blundering friends on the other and as frequently happens in human affairs their friends gave them more trouble than their foes night after night passed and still the two men got up after taps from their hard beds and descended to the dismal and reeking kitchen to bore for liberty when the sentinel's call at castle thunder and at libby's announced four o'clock the dislodged bricks were carefully replaced and the soot previously gathered in the gum blanket was flung in handfuls against the restored wall filling the seams between the bricks so thoroughly as to defy detection at last after many weary nights hamilton's heroic patience and skill were rewarded and the way was open to the coveted base of operations rat hell now occurred a circumstance that almost revealed the plot and nearly ended in a tragedy when the opening was finished the long rope was made fast to one of the kitchen supporting posts and rose proceeded to descend and reconnoitre he got partly through with ease but lost his hold in such a manner that his body slipped through so as to pinion his arms and leave him wholly powerless either to drop lower or return the bend of the hole being such as to cramp his back and neck terribly and prevent him from breathing he strove desperately but each effort only wedged him more firmly in the awful vice hamilton sprang to his aid and did his utmost to effect his release but powerful as he was he could not budge him rose was gasping for breath and rapidly getting fainter but even in this fearful strait he refrained from an outcry that would certainly alarm the guards just outside the door hamilton saw that without speedy relief his comrade must soon smother 
he dashed through the long dark room up the stairway over the forms of several hundred men and disregarding consequences and savage curses in the dark and crowded room he trampled upon arms legs faces and stomachs leaving riot and blasphemy in his track among the rudely awakened and now furious lodgers of the chickamauga room he sought the sleeping place of major george h fitzsimmons but he was missing he however found lieutenant f f bennett of the eighteenth regulars since a major in the ninth united states cavalry to whom he told the trouble in a few hasty words both men fairly flew across the room dashed down the stairs and by their united efforts rose half dead and quite speechless was drawn up from the fearful trap End of section 10